0: What's up and welcome into Bro Side Broadcast. My name's Derek and my name is Blake.
1: Derek, do you have a favorite X-Men character? Oh, that's that's a tough one. I always liked Cyclops. Cyclops. I just like the visor thing. I don't not visor, but the glasses thing he wears. I don't know what the official name of it is. Yeah, that'd be a visor, I think. It just seemed like so it just seems so powerful shooting out of his eyes.
0: Okay. So would it be like comics? Would it be original X-Men from like early 2000s or would it be the reboot X-Men? I think I'm talking about the originals. Original movie from early 2000s? Yeah. I have to be basic here. I have to go with Wolverine.
1: Hey, that's cool. And I kind of thought that you would pick Wolverine. It mostly has to do with uh, Hugh Jackman. Is it Wolverine with the bone claws, or Wolverine with the what was the uh, what was the metal? Called? No, just with the
0: metal claws. Okay. With that said, favorite X Men movie probably has to be the Wolverine origin movie. X Men Origins. No, no, that was the very last one. It was X Men Origins Wolverine.
1: Now you see, I really did like that movie but there's one scene where it's the worst CGI in cinematic <laughs> history where he's in the uh, he's in the someone's house and he's staying there and he's looking in the mirror and he's checking out his claws and it it's horrible.
0: Okay, is that the old people's house that he's in? Yes. Okay, yes. so funny story. On a farm or something. So <laughs> back in the day when I was like writing music and everything, I would just come up with random titles because that's what metalcore did back in the day. And there's a scene in the barn where the old man comes to talk to him and he knows that like Logan or Wolverine is about to like go fight. Mm -hmm. And he says, if you go looking for blood, you'll find it. And I just thought that was the coolest name for a metalcore song. Absolutely. Good choice. And I'm glad
1: you had that story for us. Was it a good song? From what I remember, like it sounded pretty
0: good, but I don't think I ever finished it.
1: You know, I wouldn't be mad at you if you uh, wrote another song and still named it that. That is a pretty good song title, if you ask me.
0: I think I have it somewhere on my computer still because I never deleted that. So after this, I'll have to show it to you. Please do. But speaking of X-Men and favorites and everything, what era of X-Men was your favorite? Which I guess based on your response just a second ago, it'd be the early 2000s. Right. I mean, those
1: are pretty good. I think they aged okay, but the newer X-Men movies, I feel like they took those a little more seriously and the plot got a little better. So I think I like Future Past. Days of Future Past. Yeah, that confusing title, that one.
0: I have to say, like, the cinematography in the CGI definitely got a mm-hmm. major upgrade.
1: Upgrade, yeah. yeah. I really like the scene where the guy slowed everything down you know what scene I'm talking about? You're talking about Quicksilver. Yes. Okay. Quicksilver. That was such a great scene in movie history. I feel like that was a, like a scene that was recreated or tried to Let's be see. recreated. So
0: that was Evan Peters that played Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did a great job.
1: Right. They had classical music over the scene. I thought it was just great.
0: Now with that said, kind of like you, I completely space if I go a few years without seeing a movie. Mm-hmm. I know some people just have like this photographic or I guess in a certain sense of videographic memory. That's not me by any means. <laughs> it's totally me. <laughs> but James McAvoy, he played Professor Xavier in the reboot of X-Men. And recently on an Instagram live, there were people asking him if he would be in the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness
1: movie. Right, because the voice that we heard on the trailer
0: was definitely Patrick Stewart, the original Professor X. And Patrick Stewart, he's an OG. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever met a single person that doesn't like Patrick Stewart. He's got to be the most liked guy. He's such a gentle creature in real life, I feel. And think about his legacy. He was in Star Trek, which even if you don't like Star Trek, you have to like at least appreciate what he did in that And then also in X-Men, like he has pretty major roles in like the nerdom of the universe.
1: Yeah, they're pretty significant roles that I think that no one else could have ever played or ever pulled off those kind of roles. It really feels like he was Professor X was maybe made for him.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. (laughs) It's too perfect. With that said, do you think that James McAvoy played a good younger version of professor xavier
1: in the same way i think that he was made
0: for that role as well being a younger professor x i'm a big fan of james mcavoy i think he performs his roles spot on the best that he possibly could i really appreciated his performance in x-men and he's saying that he won't be in dr strange which the way that he was answering questions was very quick he was like no and then someone asked if he missed playing the role. He was like, "No, I don't think so." Why do you think he doesn't miss playing that role? I almost think that he's taking like the anti approach because I think that he possibly could be in the movie, and the studio has been like, "Stay away from answering questions. Mm-hmm. Don't he's be He's avoiding all the questions. Yeah, well,
1: in the same in the same way, I feel like you know how Kristen Dunst kind of said that she would definitely be open to the idea of coming into the spider uh, the spider verse and maybe we're expecting her to reprise her role but like he's deflecting and that could be possible too
0: so say he didn't want to return as professor x if you are disney i guess because they're the umbrella over everyone say that you want him in your movie how much do you think a studio is willing to pay for him to return and play that role. Because if it's me, if I'm Disney and I know that this is going to gross probably like a billion dollars, I'm like, write a check, J- just right. blank check, just come back because it's going to pay off.
1: Absolutely. They would definitely make sure they paid him enough to come back. And I don't think there's, I mean, we'd have to research it, some broside research, but I don't think there's Anywhere else that we've heard of him not really liking the role of Professor X. So, I call bullshit.
0: Yeah, for how well he played the role, you would think that he enjoyed it. Right. It's not like
1: the role destroyed him or anything. He didn't Heath Ledger it.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And not to laugh about Heath Ledger, (laughs) but, you know, our listeners know what you're saying. Exactly. There was something that I had seen, you know, getting ready for this, that Doctor Strange the Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness, the runtime is supposed to be something like two hours and 28 minutes long, which would make it one of the longest Marvel movies to date. Well, I mean, the
1: Batman was three hours. I liked it. People binge shows all the time. I think longer movies will happen more often.
0: What's interesting is No Way Home was also two hours and 28 minutes long, so... You know, that's not like intentional, mm-hmm. but it's just funny. Right. Like when it comes down to talking about a multiverse and like coincidences mm-hmm. happening. It's just interesting. Right.
1: <laughs> well, I like that they're not scared to pack a lot into a short amount of time. They'll extend the movie time instead and make things make sense. Because, I mean, the Justice League movie, when they re-released it on HBO Max, if they would have released that movie initially, they, I don't think it would have gotten as much hate.
0: I feel the same way about Suicide Squad. The uh, director's cut Mm -hmm. explained a lot more about the Joker's character and the relationship with Harley Quinn. And maybe it still wasn't like a fantastic movie, but it made it a lot easier to understand what was going on. Exactly. It made it a lot less silly. And I think with like these characters and these stories being told, an hour and a half or two hours just does not cut it anymore. Because there's so much story to tell. And if there's going to be two years between movies, you only have so much time to hold people's attention. Right. So might as well just like pack on an extra half hour to a movie. Exactly.
1: It's worth more of my time because it's worth
0: my time. It's worth going to the
1: movies. It's worth the money I'm spending to see the movie. Yeah. So it's it's a better experience all around.
0: And either it's make the movie two and a half hours to three hours long or you need to take it to a streaming service and make it a full-on series to where mm-hmm. you could go five, six, maybe seven hours long to tell this story, to tell it right. Exactly. And that's when I'm
1: pretty confident about going to see a movie is when it is long. I feel like it's long for a reason, which is exactly why I was excited for the Batman to be long because I knew that they were doing
0: it right if it was that long. Now, speaking of series, the creator of Loki actually wrote the script for Multiverse of Madness. Did you ever watch
1: Loki? I still have not, but I did get Disney Plus and I did get a lot of recommendations from you, Star Wars wise, but eventually I'll get there.
0: Because Obi-Wan doesn't come out until May 28th, I'll go ahead and say watch Loki first Mm -hmm. because it's so enjoyable. Star Wars is a whole saga to unpack, right? But you've already watched what's necessary to go into Loki, so just watch that first. I've heard all good things from you on that, anyways. So, and I'm so glad they didn't try to make a movie out of Loki because there's a lot of story and it makes me like his character more than ever.
1: I think my favorite Loki moment was when the Hulk totally slammed him into the concrete oh in the first
0: Avengers movie <laughs> yeah that's yeah. A,
1: that's how I remember Loki <laughs> I remember being in a the theater at that time and everybody loved that moment so
0: what you're saying is that don't do it I feel a pun coming oh no no puns coming okay all I was right. just going to say Jared Leto <laughs> has been saying that he wants to uh fight all three Spider-Man actors so you wouldn't rather see that instead as Morbius as Morbius yeah
1: is he doing a John McAvoy thing or is he doing a Kirsten Dunst thing? Is this going to happen? Do you feel like this is possible?
0: I don't think it's possible. I think that he wants it to happen because it's another paycheck for him. And I say that really liking Jared Leto.
1: <laughs> right. I love Jared Leto too. But we know that he gets into method acting. So maybe he really liked playing Morbius and maybe him getting into the character so much. He thought it would be a good idea to, to have all three Spider-Man Spider-Man. Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. See, I think the problem with having him in a movie like that is Jared Leto has to be the main character of whatever movie he's in. Absolutely. He's a great actor, but putting him in a role where he's going to have limited screen time, we've seen that already in the Joker and I blame it on the directors and the editors of Suicide Squad of not using footage that they had Mm -hmm. to represent him in the best way, but I think that they need to keep Jared Leto in Morbius, and I think that they need to focus the Spider-Man movies in a different direction. If they bring in anyone, it needs to be Venom.
1: I'm not sure if you read this, but the studio pulled all of the Spider-Man connections out of Morbius.
0: So basically what you're saying is what he is suggesting is not going to happen.
1: So I think initially, I don't, I'm not sure what happened, but I know that in the previews they talked about, he said something, I am Venom in one of the previews. And there was a lot this. So they pulled all of that from the, from the trailers. I don't know what they're doing here, but it's no longer connected to Spider-Man. I I think.
0: How recent is this that that's happened? Uh, A couple, a couple days. You know what that tells me? ...that the movie has not done well with test audiences. Good point. So they don't want to tarnish whatever connection that there would be to Spider-Man. That's
1: a very good point. I think you're spot
0: on with that. Venom, however, I think people would love to see that. But at the same time, I think the way that they have portrayed Venom is that... ...he's not like your traditional bad guy. Because I think that Tom Hardy... Is a likable character and your traditional bad guy, like think Thanos, or if you're a Walking Dead fan, Negan. Right. Like, in a sense, you hate their character. Because they're doing something awful to a character that you like. I don't see Tom Hardy's Venom being such a bad person that you hate his character. Because then that means they miss out on Venom 3, which has to happen. Because Venom 2 was really enjoyable. At least I thought so. Well, I'm just excited to
1: see Venom and Spider-Man in the same movie again. Because that was hinted on the last movie.
0: If you stuck around for the uh, end of credit scenes, which I'm so confused, like it's 2022. People should just assume at this point that they are going to be after credit scenes.
1: Unless the movie theater turns on the lights.
0: Or if they come in, they're like, hey, there's no after credit scene. Right. Because me and Brandy just went and watched Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie that mm-hmm. just came out and like the credits start rolling and everything and people just start leaving. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, the lights were still dark, even.
1: Right, so that's your first
0: hint. And there's, like, several anime. Now, I'm no, like, professional anime watcher or anything, but there are several anime that will also have a post credit scene.
1: You see, I never knew about that. I never knew that anime movies would do that as well. So that's news to me.
0: Well, speaking of villains that we would like to see... Are
1: you going to talk about the Joker? Yes. All right, so... Really cool how they came out with that deleted scene. I think I think I think it was a good time. I think it was good timing.
0: So, if you don't know, there is this 5-minute deleted scene from The Batman where it's essentially like in the movie where Batman goes to have a conversation with the Riddler, but instead it's with the Joker. And
1: this is at the point of the movie where Batman needs more answers about who this is and he I believe Thinks he can get some hints from the Joker.
0: But basically, just through their conversation, you're learning that the Batman and the Riddler are essentially kind of the same person. Just one has evil intent and the other one has the intent to help other people through vengeance.
1: We also learn how intelligent the Joker is. Batman hands him the file. He reads it and Joker automatically even knows the ending to the movie already.
0: <laughs> yes. Which I think is another reason why it was cut. Right.
1: And there's I guess there's a few reasons why this was cut and I think it was probably the best idea for this to be cut because if one it'll make the movie even longer. Yeah. And I think it would change the pace of the movie.
0: Yeah, it would have been redundant. I think And I think it's one of those moves where you're playing your whole hand of cards at once. Yeah. No pun intended. You know, (laughs) Joker.
1: Yeah. That joke was not written.
0: (laughs) But I'll be honest. When you sent this to me, I thought it was like a trailer for the Batman 2. I didn't know it was as real as it was. Yeah. At first I thought it was like fan made. I thought it was some kind of thing of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The scene was very similar to something from Christopher Nolan's with like mm-hmm. how dark it was, the Batman right. walking in. But I think the reason that we questioned like if it was real real or not at first is because at least from what I can think of, this has never been done before. No. And
1: you, that's a good point to make because I didn't think about that, but also thinking about it not being legitimate was the length that also yeah and what I sent to you it was two minutes because I sent it to you on Twitter yeah not realizing there was more to the video and it ending up being five minutes yeah that was just a special treat for anyone who did see the Batman I also think it would get it would take away from the ending if it was if that scene was in the movie
0: yeah because there would be no like reveal or like Hey, this is going to be who's next.
1: Speaking of the scene, it was just shot perfectly. I love how the, you know, it's an interrogation. It has a very sinister, dark feel to it. And I like that the Joker is blurred for the most part. And you can see his makeup very reminiscent of uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. And I really love that. And he also kind of sounded like Heath Ledger's Joker.
0: I got that also. And from the comments that I was reading, there was a lot of people like acting hateful about it.
1: They didn't like the way he
0: looked. And I think he was just the way that he's trying to portray the Joker. I feel like he's paying homage.
1: That's what I get from it. And that actor is Barry Keoghan. And I looked him up and I'd realized he was in a Christopher Nolan movie, Dunkirk, which I had put off to the side. I haven't watched that. So. So this guy, he's got a great face for the Joker. He kind of looks like the very old TV show Joker, I feel, but putting that modern touch on it, kind of getting that essence of Heath Ledger's Joker, I think he's really onto something and hot take, Derek, but I think this might be the best Joker that we've seen yet.
0: That is a pretty hot take. I'm sure you just pissed someone off. Yeah, I hate to
1: jump jump the gun, but I'm very interested to see what this version of the Joker is going to be like.
0: I think with every iteration of the Joker there is, the actor has to bring something new to the table Mm -hmm. or in this case, picks certain parts from previous Jokers. So the way that he was saying certain words sounded like Keith Ledger. Mm -hmm. The makeup maybe had like a touch of similarity. Yeah. But from what I noticed, it was at the very end is that his Joker has a much more like gruesome... Look mm-hmm. to his face.
1: Right. And a lot of his hair was gone. Very mangy looking. Yeah. Had a little green to it. And he was also in his Arkham uniform, I guess, where it's yeah. like. So we didn't get to see the Joker's outfit, which I would, I'm would. i so excited to see what that will finally look like.
0: And then he also had what any Joker should have, the laugh. The laugh. Mm-hmm. Which that's paying homage to Jack Nicholson.
1: So he's picking all the best parts of the best Jokers out there,
0: and I think he's doing it right. And I don't think that they would have even introduced the Joker in this universe if they were not 100% certain of who they chose to cast as the Joker. The
1: casting for the Batman is just ridiculously good and undeniable. Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. And what I think that the uh, the Joker scenes are leading up to is a series, an Arkham series that might be coming out. I would assume that this is HBO Max and possibly alongside the Penguin series that's coming out. The direction of that series, I've heard, is supposed to be more of a horror type, which I can totally see.
0: And I'm down with that because there's not enough horror stuff out there. At least
1: good horror movie. Absolutely. And there's not enough Batman stuff out there. And like I said, the the Batman from the last episode, it had a nice little touch of a horror theme in there a little bit. So I would be very excited to see what they do with that.
0: Now, did you ever watch
1: Gotham? I did. And I think I got to season two and I just, it got boring.
0: Yeah, I think I got about halfway through season two And I just got busy. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those things that like, I guess my curiosity just died.
1: It just seemed like a TV series that was there to be there. I didn't get the special touches that Matt Reeves puts on to the Batman. It it just didn't seem like enough uh, Batman oriented. The details weren't there. I just lost interest. I felt like I was watching a show and not anything to do with Batman. It was too drawn out. It was. And I don't think we really needed it
0: what we did need was Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. What we needed was Matt Reeves' Batman. Absolutely. And even though that those are, you know, two different universes, I think what sets DC apart from Marvel is that DC can have these grittier movies than what Marvel has and like don't get me wrong, I enjoy Marvel movies. Of course, like mm-hmm. we just talked about it for like what twenty minutes? Right. But you know that it's going to be have some like feel good story to it at some point.
1: And I think the fact that Disney doesn't own DC lets DC have its own feel to it.
0: But you know, one thing that we've not talked about much on Bro side, because we said that we would not talk about it, is music. And
1: I feel like it's okay if we bring it up from time to time. We're not going to specifically do reviews all the time, but In the conversation of movies and life and anything else, maybe there's some music to be talked about, not much so reviewed.
0: Dayseeker released a new song called Neon Grave. So I was really excited when I heard that this song was going to be
1: released. Just like Miss May I, they kind of dangled it in front of us for over a year. And as soon as Dayseeker said that a new song was going to be out,
0: they didn't take too long to give us the song. So I can appreciate that. I'm curious how long the song has been in the works, because I'll just say it sounds a bit like Sleep Talk to me. At least it would have mm-hmm. been on the album Sleep Talk, not the song itself. I think that's a smart move for Dayseeker. I think that's what people are expecting,
1: and I think they did a good job for the song. So I don't think that uh, that it was necessarily a bad direction to go.
0: For sure. Like, it has a chorus that is right in with what you would expect from Rory, it's nothing mm-hmm. too crazy, nothing yeah. different, and for the most part, I don't think I know anyone that dislikes the album Sleep Talk, right? And not in like an overhyped kind of way, because we know that there's bands out there that get that for like unwarranted reasons. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Rog listeners will know <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? But Dayseeker, right. it's very well warranted. I'll say that
1: definitely. Uh, I do. I do think that. Rory upgraded his vocals a little bit. I think that the riffs slap a little harder. The guitar parts have a Silent Planet vibe to them, but Rory's vocals, I think, really, really are a highlight of this song, especially the rough vocals towards the, uh, the bridge, the breakdown. I think he really went all, all the way for it.
0: Okay, so that is a category that I have to say I think is massively improved because before... Mm -hmm. I was kind of on the fence about his rough vocals. I thought that Dayseeker could go without them, actually, because I enjoy Rory's voice enough from singing that I thought that they could just go all singing and it would be fine. But now hearing what his screams have evolved to, he has definitely improved as a vocalist.
1: And I think that's just a way of the band saying... Yes, th- we're still day seeker. The sound is what you expected, but it w- we will go a little harder in every aspect. And especially the vocals at the ending of the song, he doesn't just fall off. He really goes to these high points that I thought just sounded great. It's really hard for me to just not play the song back to back. This is a song that I would probably burn out really quickly. I'm really eager to hear what the album will sound like. Yeah, you know, Other songs are You know, will they sound like Sleep Talk? Will they go in different directions that maybe you'll appreciate more? I think it's a good direction so far. Definitely got me excited to hear more.
0: And something that I'm glad that this band has done is that we're going on three years now since their last album. Good job, Mm -hmm. guys. You're not making your listeners like tired of hearing you because Mm -hmm. while it is nice to get an album from bands every two years, sometimes that can be a bit much. And sometimes that's not enough time to, I guess, live life, get new influences yeah, and then come to the table and write something that way it sounds new. Couldn't agree more. Now, this sounds like Sleep Talk, but that riff feels fresh. It feels punchier. Rory has continued to work on his vocals, and I feel like this would be a good Sleep Talk 2.0.
1: I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. It sounds like maybe they're in the studio. What are we going to do? Well, Sleep Talk 2.0. Sounds like it's safe. It's what we know. But let's just go harder about it. They don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. They're just refining it. You see, when it comes to singles like this, this is the kind of single that I get most stoked about. The Miss May I single was pretty good, but this is just really good quality and it's really refreshing. It's as refreshing as the actual Sleep Talk song was, because I can still listen to that song over and over and it still hits right. But there's one thing I noticed that maybe this is like the only downside was that there's a new drummer, which makes me confused because I know that Rory worked with the drummer on Hurtwave, the original Dayseeker drummer. Mm -hmm. They worked together on Hurtwave. So... What happened to that guy? Oh no. Right? Is he just Hurtwave now or Rory, come on the show and tell us. We need to know. We need the answers. Did he get so sad from Hurtwave that he had to quit Day Seeker?
0: Come on the show. Give is us Is it too sad
1: to be in a band with give Rory? Give us
0: the tea. <laughs> give us the shock of tea. There is a shock of tea out there. Not sponsored. That's but, right. But we're open to it. Please no. sponsor
1: us. Yes. Ghost and Chaka Tea, if you're listening. Ghost Energy, the best
0: energy drink there is out there. Not sponsored, but is my favorite. I have one in my Yeti.
1: I drink it before we record every time. The mental focus is real.
0: I drink a minimum of two a day.
1: That's insane. I'm probably going to get there. You've influenced me on this. You're a good influence and a bad influence at the same time. My health is at risk. No, it's not. Ghost is good for you. It's natural caffeine. That's what I like most about it. Natural caffeine lasts longer.
0: Yes, it does. And it doesn't make you feel like shit afterward. I'm not jittery. Yeah. I'm focused. The only bad influence it is about is the financial because they're like two fifty each. So
1: there was only three left at the store that I went to today and I bought all of them and I told the cashier, make sure I don't I don't know who you have to talk to, but continue to order these. I will buy them.
0: So I know that there's like a Pepper Palace nearby or did that go out of business?
1: No, there's a few. There's at least four or five within walking distance where I am.
0: I'm going to one next weekend and I'm excited about it.
1: Definitely. The Marie Laveau sauce is pretty good. It's like a basic buffalo sauce, but it has like a garlic touch to it. And I think I actually have one of those already wrapped up for you. So don't buy that one because I have to send it to you. I just hate going to the post office.
0: Okay. I will say I've been holding off on getting the Dustin Lopriere. I think that's how you say his name.
1: It's Poirier. That would be like the way we would say it where I'm from down the bayou. So
0: I've been holding off on buying that forever. I, and it's my
1: fault because I'm the I'm a dick and I haven't sent it to you. And I have like two bottles for you. Yeah, you told me and you got it. it's the best sauce. So I've not bought it. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's the best sauce. It goes great on anything. I really like it on pizza. Okay.
0: yeah, because I need a Louisiana style hot sauce. Yeah, it's an everything Louisiana hot sauce for sure. So I want to talk about and we promised that we would talk about this. So here it finally is. What are your top three favorite hot sauces?
1: All right. So Dustin, Pure, <laughs> see, now I can't say it right. Uh, Dustin, Pure. oh, God, <laughs> I'm butchering this. His sauce, yeah. Poirier, there we go. That's got to be my number one. Damn. Okay. Also, I love the Scotch Bonnet sauce from... From Queen Majesty? What's the name?
0: Okay. Queen Majesty. Yeah. The ginger one.
1: That one's fantastic. And I love the bomb. No, I'm kidding.
0: You literally had me for a second. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No one loves the bomb.
1: I'm leaving my third spot open.
0: I mean, I know your answer, but it's one that no one else can relate with right now.
1: I said to you earlier that I wasn't going to say it, but it's yours. It's your, it's phantom sauce. It's your sauce. DM Derek if you want it. It's great.
0: Right. Because this summer I will be making enough to sell and everyone that I've shown it to so far, which is probably like 10-ish people love it, so... I must have done something right. I
1: just received my, see, I'm not even sending you sauce, but I just received two more bottles of your phantom sauce and I'm so grateful.
0: I feel like you're consuming it as fast as I am. So I had to hook you up with more.
1: It goes on everything.
0: So you said your first sauce was Dustin's and that's a Louisiana style. So what sets that Louisiana style apart from any other sauce out there like it?
1: I think it's the chili pepper that they use. It has a relative flavor to maybe a crystal sauce, Louisiana sauce, Tabasco sauce, but it's maybe all of those sauces combined to be something they could never be.
0: Interesting. And I know like, because heatness is the one that makes it.
1: Right. So it has that quality to it. There's
0: just more quality. Okay. It's it's thicker. The consistency is good. See, that's my problem with Tabasco. Like, I love the flavor of it, but it's very vinegary and really thin.
1: Tabasco is my go-to table sauce. Okay. Table hot sauce. Yeah. Either that or Louisiana, but I most like mostly prefer Tabasco.
0: Okay. So next up was, you said, Queen Majesty, the Scotch Bonnet, and Ginger. Right.
1: Now, this is not a sauce that you can put on pizza, but a good hot sauce is something I can put on pizza, eggs, or chicken.
0: So this is a sauce that I've also had on, but what did you... So you put that on pizza and eggs and what else?
1: Eggs and chicken mostly, but it's not a pizza sauce for sure by any means.
0: See, for me, I put it on chicken tacos and like chicken tacos is my go-to to like get a gauge of, is this an everyday kind of sauce? Mm -hmm. because I have different categories, but I want to finish hearing like yours and everything before I go into mine.
1: The third sauce was your sauce.
0: I feel honored. Yeah, absolutely. You've had as much hot sauce, if not more hot sauces than I've had.
1: Well, it's such a fresh sauce. It's made by the peppers that you grew in Kentucky. So I feel like it's also a rare, extremely rare sauce. Anyone I've ever let taste it just loves the flavor. It's full of flavor. You can put it on anything. This is the sauce that I put in my jacket pocket and take (laughs) to restaurants.
0: It's your everyday carry.
1: Yeah, it is. I have one bottle of your sauce at work and I have, I think, three more now at home. One is about to be empty and then I have a fresh bottle I'll get to after that. So one has to be at work for sure. And no one's allowed to touch it. They know this.
0: See, I've actually not had my sauce for probably a month now. And that's because like, first off, digestion, like it does rip your stomach up.
1: Yeah. You can really mess yourself up. It will ruin you if you have too much. It will, it will ruin you.
0: (laughs) But it really does go on everything. It goes well on wings. It goes well on tacos. And this isn't like by any means like our sly way of like promoting my hot sauce. Oh no, not at all. It's just worth mentioning.
1: Yeah. See, I've never found a sauce that goes good on burgers yet. And I haven't tried your sauce on a burger.
0: Honestly, I think it would go great on a burger. I can imagine that right now. Yeah. And I wouldn't be scared to try it. Maybe like a
1: bacon burger.
0: See, I was going to say that because the maple Mm -hmm. aspect of it. The maple. Yeah.
1: Yep. See, here we are on the same page with food (laughs) all the time.
0: (laughs) So what kind of cheese? So let's like build this burger for a second. All right.
1: Let's do this. Okay. So Swiss or cheddar?
0: See, when we started talking about bacon, I would lean with Swiss just because I feel mm-hmm. like it would go with the flavor of phantom sauce more.
1: I feel like that would work as well. I think there's a sweetness match up there. Because I feel like cheddar is just a bit too bold. What kind of bun? Sesame seed or brioche? Brioche. I'm not a big fan of sesame. I do like sesame buns, sesame seed buns, but sometimes the butteriness of a brioche mm-hmm. adds to the savory feel. So I agree with you on the brioche.
0: All right. So smash burger or are we going thick patty? I'm feeling thick patty. Especially where it's like such a hot sauce. Mm-hmm. You don't want like a thin, I agree. thin patty for that. I want a lot of juicy
1: meat and flavor. And of course, we're going medium rare, medium.
0: Probably medium. If it's okay. like grass fed beef, like if it's like a beef you can trust, then <laughs> probably like medium rare. <laughs>
1: Grass-fed beef, the beef
0: you can trust. (laughs) They missed out on a slogan.
1: (laughs) So condiments. I don't think there's any other condiments that are needed, unless it would be mayonnaise. That's
0: what I was thinking. Maybe make it a garlic aioli.
1: Oh, okay. Garlic aioli for sure. How do you say that M word? Mayonnaise? Okay, because I said mayonnaise. It's such a weird... I don't think anyone says it the same. I've never paid attention. There's different emphasis on the salalables
0: i guess they only other mayonnaise
1: well i guess it's because i'm in new orleans or like this yeah you're from the south but this is like a different part of the south people say mayonnaise that's weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh mayonnaise yeah overall i just call it mayo (laughs) i guess the safe way is to just go mayo. Yeah. yeah so we're putting pickles and lettuce on this
0: so pickles are a must on any burger Just because I feel like it gives it like that a little bit of a punch. And a crunch. Yeah, a crunch too. Punch
1: Punch and and a crunch. crunch. Yeah, (laughs) that's
0: right. Extra pickles? Maybe. That depends on the size of the pickle.
1: Absolutely. I will never order extra pickle, but if I'm building the burger myself, I will choose big pickles and I might throw like five. I think five is extra pickles. I would say like three. Three is like the norm. So like three
0: half dollar sized
1: pickles. Also, what kind of lettuce? Do you like a leaf or shrimp? No lettuce.
0: That's just crunchy water to me. (laughs) And no tomato. That's a red ring of death.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lettuce is crunchy water. Yeah, just crunchy water. Oh my God, I've never heard of... I will never look at lettuce the same. (laughs) Because I was going to go iceberg with that. (laughs) Yeah, see, it's water. All right, so no lettuce. That's fine. Anything else that we're putting on this? The only other thing that I could think... I'm thinking the same thing. French fried onions? Oh, okay. I was thinking jalapenos. So jalapenos. Yep, and I take that back because that's just going to conflict with the hot sauce. I want the heat from your hot sauce specifically, not from the jalapeno.
0: And that would be too much pickle stuff on a burger.
1: Right, too much vinegar would... Take the balance out. But you were definitely spot on with the fried onions, and I know that. And then you got that fried, greasy goodness right on the top. This is a juicy burger.
0: But with all this said, whenever you come down here for my wedding, we have to have a grill out.
1: It's almost like we grew up together in like the same household, and all we know yeah. is the same things that are good. And no one can convince us otherwise. We know the best of the best when it comes to food especially. Right. But with sauces, and I think our burger's done people are hungry now. Yeah. Sorry about that. (laughs) I hope we influenced someone's appetite because I know when I watch YouTube or listen to a podcast, my appetite could be influenced for the rest of the day just from food trigger words.
0: You know, I don't even need cable for like the food network because my YouTube is literally just the food network.
1: Absolutely. It's food, metal (laughs) core videos and good mythical morning. That's pretty much it.
0: But going into my hot sauces, which is a touch different than yours, well, my my top three favorite, that is.
1: Right. While we appreciate the same hot sauces and the same flavor profiles, maybe there's a, some, some favorites. And I haven't given you the Dustin Poirier's sauce, so that's not in your top three because it's my fault. So I went one, two, three. For you, let's go three, two, one.
0: I guess... Number three would be this hot sauce that comes from a company called High Spice, and they are based out of Hawaii, and it's a sauce called Hobra. And Hobra is just an expression in Hawaii that means something is like amazing pretty much. And I feel like that's pretty on par with what the sauce is like.
1: Now I th- I think I've seen this sauce before. Is it a you've shown it to, to me? It's like a purple. It's like a purple label
0: that may have been something else, but all their peppers are locally grown in Hawaii and it's their hottest sauce that they have because they have a smoked scorpion. The only thing that Mm -hmm. they don't have is a Reaper sauce, but they have a number of stuff like um, dragon fruit, your typical like mango habanero or pineapple habanero, but Hobra is their hottest sauce. And believe me when I say it it is a killer. The first time I ever had it, (laughs) I had like a spoonful and my mouth was like burning alive. So I drank a ton of water.
1: Oh, you got a little brave.
0: Yeah, I got too brave. So I drank water (laughs) and then I went and laid down on the couch, which was a bad idea because the sauce, I guess, came back up my esophagus or something. So I was feeling the burn Mm -hmm of hot sauce on my esophagus. Yeah,
1: I remember this. You text you were texting me. You were like, no, this was a whole bad idea.
0: Yeah, so I wasn't feeling great, so I got up to go to the kitchen and this sauce literally brought me to my knees and I felt oh, like I man. was dying. If you haven't been there, do you know real <laughs> do you really know hot sauce? And that's how it became one of my favorite hot sauces.
1: It made me feel like I was dying. I think you've earned the right for it to be one of your favorite hot sauces.
0: Like anytime I get wings, that's, Mm -hmm. that's just what I use because like the flavor of that mixed with like, I get blue cheese pairs together so perfectly.
1: And it's not like we are here to torture ourselves. These are sauces that have really, really good flavor.
0: Let me just tell you some of the ingredients in it so I can give our listeners an idea of what kind of sauce it is. So there is Trinidad Moruga scorpion peppers. Which tastes amazing. And then Maui onion, garlic, apple cider vinegar, Maui honey, Hawaiian sea salt, and black pepper.
1: You know, a good sauce has such specific ingredients like that. Yes. So, just based off of reading the label, you would already know that you're going to Flavor Town.
0: Absolutely. And <laughs> let me tell you, like, black pepper doesn't seem like an ingredient that would add flavor. Mm hmm. But it's an ingredient that I added to phantom sauce, and it makes a world Mm. of difference. Right,
1: because black pepper is going to really open up that flavor.
0: But that's definitely one of my favorites. The only reason that I place it number three is because it's not an everyday sauce. Right. It's too hot to be everyday. So your number one
1: sauce is going to be an everyday sauce. Yes. And I did want to note, and I know that you grow peppers as well in Kentucky, But it seems like Hawaii would be the ideal climate to grow peppers. So that's also something that I trust with a sauce like that.
0: For sure. And they definitely know what they're doing. And they're starting a subscription box pretty soon, which uh, they'll have like three sauces a month. And then the perk of like subscribing is that you'll get one of their like test sauces that they don't like sell like mass spread. So that's pretty cool. Is this also a sauce that you can get from heatnest? It's not. So one of the requirements to be on hot ones is that you have to have like so many cases. And I've asked the guy before, you know, if he would be on hot ones or, you know, have their sauce on hot ones and basically their entire storage unit of all their sauces is what hot ones requires for one single sauce. So there's not enough production. Yeah, they don't have the space okay. for it, but I'm confident that most everyone would love their sauces. Maybe one day we'll see it on Heatness. I certainly hope so. They're good people and they make great sauce. So let's hear
1: about your your second choice, because I'm clueless. Okay. And I don't know why I'm clueless, but I think it's because we talk about sauce so much. Actually, I do know what it is. Number two is mule sauce. All right. I was right. Which they also make great stickers.
0: Right. Sticker Mule. And none of this is sponsored. This is just genuine. I like these products. Mm -hmm. And it's the stuff we like. If you want to try it, go buy it. We don't get any kind of commission, but we just want you to have good hot sauce.
1: So the first time I tried Mule Sauce, you sent it to me and I had, I got some Mule Sauce stickers with it. The label is the same, I guess, texture Yeah, Uh, as their stickers are. And it's such a good feel. It's great quality stickers and great quality sauce. And this sauce can really go on anything too.
0: So I found their sauce a while back because I had ordered stickers and I thought it was interesting that a sticker company sold hot sauce.
1: It's a weird pair, but it makes, it makes sense because they have their own labels and why not? If you're going to make a label for yourself, sell some stickers and sell your sauce.
0: For sure. So I tried, I think it was one bottle the first time I ever got it. And then I just found myself using it like all the time. Right. And I was eating like a lot of tacos at the time. So I was yeah. just like pouring it on there. You
1: see, I think this is, this sauce is the reason why you have your own sauce, because this started the discussion of why we like hot sauces.
0: So it's this sauce and Hope Raw that led me to make my own sauce. So like we had kind of talked about before with the Queen Majesty sauce is that it's a Scotch Bonnet and Mule Sauce also uses Scotch Bonnet as well. So I learned that I like that flavor, which introduced me to other hot sauces like it. And I bought a lot of other Scotch Bonnet sauces. Turns out this is still my very favorite, but it also uses ghost pepper. It's a good way to balance it out. And not ghost pepper in a way of like just hitting you in the face with heat, Mm -hmm. but you get the flavor of it.
1: This sauce also is flavor town. (laughs) Yeah. It has a pretty serious kick to it. No pun with the mule thing, but yeah.
0: They use habanero, scotch bonnet, and ghost peppers. So like if you don't know, different peppers react with heat in different ways. Like a ghost pepper will affect your mouth in ways that Trinidad scorpion... Does in other ways. It's very interesting. You have to try it for yourself to really know what I'm talking about or have had enough hot sauces. Mm -hmm. And that's the fun of like being a hot sauce aficionado is that different sauces are different experiences. So between mule sauce and hobra, mule sauce wasn't like the heat that I Mm -hmm. looked for, but it had the flavor that I really enjoy. And then hobra certainly has a flavor but it was just a touch too hot for an every day. So I wanted to make something right in the middle. I wanted the sweet. I wanted the savory, but I also wanted the heat also.
1: Yeah. Cause I enjoy something really hot as well. I appreciate the flavor of certain peppers, but I also appreciate the heat.
0: Now I will say, I think I went just a step too hot with phantom, <laughs> at least for yeah. your Average everyday person.
1: Right. Like I said, if you do too much, it will hit you pretty hard.
0: So I called it phantom sauce because, you know, ghost peppers, but I actually used Trinidad scorpions, which are four times as hot. And probably my favorite pepper. It is my favorite pepper just because of the Mm -hmm. flavor, but you you have
1: to watch the heat. It can get pretty unbearable.
0: So I guess with everything being said, my number one sauce would be big surprise, Phantom sauce. You see,
1: we totally went back <laughs> on what we were saying to each other earlier. <laughs> it's like, no, we're not going to talk about phantom sauce. Let's let's try a different approach. But I felt like it wasn't going to be true if we didn't.
0: If you've been a longtime listener and you go back to even like uh, listen to the episode with Leo from Brand of Sacrifice, I was Mm -hmm. still like in the development stage of making sauce. Right. So I didn't just recently come up with this. It's been something that's been like I was coming up with ideas this time last year, actually. You even have labels. Yeah. Not on the sauce, but you designed the label. Right. Because like that's half the experience also, because if you don't like the label, you're not going to try the sauce.
1: Right. There is a visual experience with hot sauces. And you see Pepper Palace, a place like that has a lot of labels that are really in your face and yeah, a lot of sauces with crazy names just to grab your attention. But not every time will one of those sauces be an actual good sauce.
0: That's why I'm glad they give the little spoon so you can sample stuff. Right. They are like hey, try this, try this. Like, they want you to try all their sauces, which is a good thing. I'll spend I'll spend a lot of time there, yeah. <laughs> so before we go, I just want to shout out our Patreon supporters, because we appreciate you so much. Nadia, Keegan, Lenny, Sydney, Devin, Cade, and Haley. You all are the best. You help us keep the show going and make everything possible. So thank you for supporting. We certainly enjoy making bonus content, and... We have a lot more in store, especially with hot sauce, because we know some of you all really are interested in that, especially uh, you, Devin, and Lenny. Oh, yeah. And uh, we do have a hot sauce tier that's on Patreon. You can request us to try any hot sauce or hot sauce challenge, and we will do it. Absolutely. Keep our lives interesting. I've been Derek. I've been Blake. And you'll hear us next Tuesday. Right on.